Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Na, 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 it's Chuck and Chernoff. Na, 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 it's Chuck and Chernoff. It's 3 o'clock on the dot, you know what that means. Time for Matt, Lana, and the King. Na 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 na. It's Chuck and Chernoff. Na 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 na. It's Chuck and Chernoff on the fan. Driving home Atlanta is a traffic jam. We've got Chuck and Chernoff on the fan. Na 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 na. It's Chuck and Chernoff. Na 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 na. It's Chuck and Chernoff on the fan. All right, we crank it up in our 3 o'clock hour. Close enough. With Chuck and Chernoff, happy Friday. Thanks for uh, listening any way you're listening, whether it's on the FM side of the world at 93.7 FM. Still trying it out on AM, fighting through the static at 680. Those are the real ones. And then the 680, the fan mobile app, which I hope everybody is dialed into, either listening to the show live or later on when it's podcasted, you have that opportunity. The 3 o'clock hour of the show is presented by This Stuff Matters, helping you make the most out of what matters most. Like and subscribe to This Stuff Matters, the podcast at thisstuffmatters.net. Let's start the 3 o'clock hour by saying hello to Charles. Hey, Matt. Hi, Chuck. Can I tell you a secret? I wish you would. I read the show sheet today. Oh, that's a big step. What'd you see? I'm prepped. I know all this. So we're good? Nice and perfect. I'm both of those. I always like when the audio sounds just alike. Makes me feel good. So after 18 days of endless interviews, second interviews, rumors of interviews, interviews on yachts, interviews at mansions, the Atlanta Falcons landed on Raheem Morris, meaning the Falcons coaching search, it's over. The Atlanta Falcons coaching search, day 19. My God, it's finally over. (laughs) We were already trying to work on production like day 22, yeah. 23, so yes. So now we rock with Ra. Raheem Morris, he gets his second shot to fix the Falcons. When next season begins, he'll be 48 years old. Now, I did believe when this began, the Falcons would hire a head coach with previous head coaching experience. Raheem checks that box. I just didn't think it would be a coach with a 21-38 and 38 record or a coach that was here, in Raheem's case, with a 4-7 and seven record. I was picturing... I don't know, more previous success. Keep in mind, the Falcons just fired a coach who went 21 and 30. Right? And they just fired a guy in 34 of those games who's playing with half a roster because of the salary gap situation. And I'm not going back saying they shouldn't have fired him. Just give me a little context into, all right, we're we're big on this guy. We just let go of that guy. If it's me, I'd probably hire Vrabel. But what do I know? Chuck, in the last 12 hours, the bouquets thrown at Raheem Morris and players, coaches, execs. Have been everywhere. And I want to mention that because, uh, Matt, about this time, whenever anybody has brought this up over the last you know, 24 hours or so, Raheem Morris is the Atlanta Falcons' new head coach. Look, so happy for Raheem. And then it's something about either you know Raheem or from what everybody says, Raheem just universally loved guy. So good for Raheem. Call him Ra. That's great. And, yes, good for Raheem. Ra. Not my concern, though. 
Well, you're a hater. I want this to be good for Atlanta. I want this to be good for the Falcon fan base, for the ticket holders. I want this to be good for everybody. It's already good for Raheem. It got Rock. even better for Raheem yesterday when he said, yes, I'll take it. At that point, it got even, even, even better for Raheem. Rock. I want it to be good for the other six and a half million people here. Now, at that yeah, you're right. I think we all agree. Does everybody agree with Chuck? We want it to be good. Yeah, well, yesterday, all we could do is No, listen. because everybody then includes, and good for listen, Raheem. Listen to me, hater. All they could do yesterday was be nice to him, and they were. Typically, when a coach gets hired, everybody's nice. Now, I will say this. You know who's mad? That Dave Canales. Oh, that schlub got left in the dust. Ain't nobody saying nothing about Canales after Ra got all the love from around the National Football League yesterday, whether it was Falcon players on social media, whether it was uh, – NFL execs, whether it was TV, radio, you name it. Can I ask you, did you hear Canales as a serious candidate for jobs? His name was floated. Probably not as as big Uh -uh. a name as others would have thought. No. Especially some of the coordinators who were the hot names who will be right back where they started or guys with, I don't know, like 200 and something wins who won't have a job. Uh, Let me play for you one of the endorsements. This was from uh, Rams GM, Les Steed. Now, Les was on today with Nick and Chris. But this is separate of that. This was a previous opinion from Les Need, who is a big fan of Raw, and talked about why. He's going to give any organization an edge and just how collaborative he is. It's going to be an edge that uh, most teams aren't going to be able to compete with. I know this. He'll be able to hire an unbelievable staff. Every coach who's any good, who's qualified, who wants, they're going to want to work for Raheem. And I'm pretty sure there'll be a lot of tampering charges because just about every player in the NFL is going to text him and want to come play for him. I'll let the NFL handle that. So that word tampering was mentioned more times yesterday by different people of like all these tampering rules. People are going to text Raheem and want to come play and coaches and all this stuff. And that's that's good because he's going to have to put together a staff and a good one. So hopefully he has his pick of the litter. Uh, he wasn't alone. Kevin Demoff, who's the president of the L.A. Rams, said this about Raw. One of the best leaders and culture builders I've ever been around. And I was with Raheem in Tampa, but Ra. this is the guy who makes your building better. He's the glue guy who brings everybody together, your equipment staff, your training staff, your PR, the building. And the guy can coach. So I think you you have this dynamic coach who has learned under, and not today, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Dan Quinn, Mike Tomlin, John Gruden, Jay Gr- I mean, like Mike Shanahan, like he has been with the pantheon, you know, of coaches. He'll He'll go crush it. I will, I will add, as I said yesterday when they announced I thought it was underwhelming. I still feel it's underwhelming. Doesn't mean it's going to be wrong, but it's underwhelming because in my mind it was like, oh, I thought Belichick or maybe Vrabel or you know one of the hot coordinators. It's not Raheem's fault. Again, he could go kill it. But here's what's going to be the best part for the Falcons. When Raheem steps to the mic on Monday or Tuesday, whenever they have the presser, he will crush that press conference. Raheem is one of the more lovable, affable, mm-hmm. like I want to fight for him from a player and a fan perspective so if you're like me or just a lot of people are like eh, it's fine we'll see what it does when he gets in front of the mic he's got some quinn to him but not the broish quinn does that make sense like you're not going to get the slogans and stuff people are going to fall in love with raw when he speaks uh monday or tuesday he's just a lovable dude doesn't mean he's gonna win but you're gonna like him you can only win what you can win now you talked about how when you heard the name underwhelmed by it and you're right i'm well, because he was already here. I, it is January 26th. I can't be whelmed until September. There, I, I have to see the result of the game. Now, in the interim, I was like, all right, what are you doing for agency? Then what are you doing in the draft? And then what do you do after mini camps? And then who do you sign him for? You know, all of that stuff. I can't decide whether this is working or not until I see a product. I can have an opinion about it. And I think he's a professional, competent coach. Um, I would ask if 
because apparently when he said, I'm going to be a candidate, that the Rams put together like a Heisman campaign for him. They mailed out mouse pads and, you know, posters and all this stuff trying to promote Raheem. Does anybody use a mouse pad anymore? Um, why did it take another decade for him to get, like, why was he available until yesterday afternoon at 3 o'clock for the Falcons? No idea. I mean, who knows how the coach Again, it takes how no long idea. it takes. It no absolutely idea. does. No, no, no clue. But uh, let me go back to my opinion of being under. But he didn't just get engaging and lovable no. and inspiring and, like, he didn't just get to be a good coach. And, like, none of this stuff just got to be true. All right, let me go back to my point about being underwhelmed. Our opinions about being whelmed are under. I was whelmed. On the Dan Quinn and Arthur Smith hires. Like, I love these. On, on paper, when they made them, I was like, I see it. I get the vision. I get it. Eh, I was wrong. I was underwhelmed on the Mike Smith hire, like with the rest of us. Mike Smith? It's like your third or fourth or fifth choice. This boring defensive coordinator from the Jags. So whether our opinions are exactly. through the roof or Give not. Maybe to September. doesn't matter. But I told you, Raheem, Raheem, when he speaks, he's an orator, man. He's going to win the room at the presser. Uh, whenever they get together next week. Now, like the other guy wasn't. Bill Belichick was the exact opposite. And so if we yes, didn't care. We would have said, but his resume, his resume made it so he didn't have to be. That's a very different scenario. So, all right, let's cover some of the other stuff. Um, in the press release last night, the Falcons went through the beginning of it, mentioning Raheem Morris, and then mentioned Rich McKay will no longer be involved in day-to-day football operations. Now, the question is, do you all believe it? Do I believe it? I have my doubts. I think, Rich, either you're in the building, you're not. It's a public statement. I think behind the scenes, not a ton changes. I think it's convenient timing where the Falcons just don't read the room. So he doesn't have to be at the press conference now. Rich, I guarantee, will not be sitting up there facing the heat. That's part one of it. Part two of it is, once the coaching hire is made, and I'm going to assume Rich had a voice in the coaching hire, so what if he's moving to another department if it's really true? This is just the Falcons again. I question their PR savvy or lack thereof at times. Yeah, awareness. Like, yeah, it's like, okay, now we're going to tell people because they were mad. Fans were mad. Media was reporting that Rich and Bill and Bill versus Rich and all this stuff. So we're going to tell them, all right, Rich is out. Okay. It would have mattered to me if you would have said this when I was screaming January 7th that don't let him be a part of the next search. That would have meant more to me, not after you made the hire. This is just so typical Falcon timing. Now, the direct quote, From the release from Arthur Blank on Rich McKay, quote, while he'll no longer be involved in day-to-day operations, Rich's role will broaden in our organization. He gets even more responsibility. He remains CEO of AMB Sports and Entertainment. And in the the coming weeks, McKay will add direct oversight to Atlanta United. Uh Sorry to my soccer fan out there. Even more responsibilities. And that's where he said the corporate... We're a portfolio company. He said, we're, you can't compare us to other NFL franchises, and so the roles aren't always the same. I don't think Rich will be at the presser, which this is, again, the Falcons didn't have the GM at the firing press conference. They're not going to have one of the guys who helped make the hire at the actual introduction of the new hire. Do I think Rich will be there at Mercedes-Benz with uh, Arthur sitting in that booth? Or say, Yes, I mean, it's his buddy. That's his, that's his voice. That's his trusted confidant. I just I don't see that changing. Now, we mentioned on the show yesterday, Diana Rossini, who's been one of the reporters who's just been all over some of the background of what's been going on in Atlanta, after the hire of Raheem was made, she said there are layers to this hiring with the Falcons. Arthur Blank was targeting the greatest coach of all time from the start. He was open to listening to other ideas, some internal persuasion, impressive interviews, and here we are, Belichick unemployed, Raheem gets a shot, and that's awesome, and let's hope it works. I don't know if it's a, a hindrance or a help that Arthur is so willing to listen to so many others. I don't want him just unilaterally, even though it's his making a choice about football, 
but it sounded like in this case he thought Belichick was the best for the organization, and it took everybody else in the building with some self-preservation on the on the line to say, no, we still think structurally it's better for us if we go any other direction. In this case, the best direction being Raheem. That part of it, I, again, I can't get a grasp on just yet. Everyone from Zach Klein to, who was it, Diana Rossini. Mike Florio. Everyone had a very, very, very similar version. People who I assume don't really know each other that well. Everybody's saying the same thing. The owner sold, 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 ready to do it. They're on the boat having pasta. It's done, and it didn't get done. And the longer it went on, I was like, I know what was going on. People are, like, leaning over going, did you see this guy from Cincinnati, Detroit, but like four different play- – man, they all look so good, don't they? Um, and it was self-preservation. Now, here's the other thing. It may have been the correct call on be. their part. Sure. And yeah. it helped them stay employed. It can be both. Told you there's a member of the Falcon organization. But it had to be that selfish. There was a member of the Falcon organization put a whole thread out about the inside of the, the hiring process, which I found interesting. But you're also getting, you know, the organizational view of this. And it's a lot of – media in some cases was wrong and there I'm was certainly never- were i'm certain we were that's one thing i right. said that about arthur's statement about 40 percent of it i'm sure there were some technical things that he's spot on right about whatever but the whole idea of like all this reporting not being accurate silly folks come on don't don't let somebody internally sway you into all these different like florio yesterday pro football talk after the hire was made with the falcons hiring raheem morris mckay wins he won't be reassigned. He won't be neutralized. He won't be discarded. McKay will remain in a sweet spot of running the show with no real accountability. It's a great gig if you can get it. Yeah, he's under a different title. Football. If you ever watched the movie Casino, Robert De Niro played a character named Ace Rothstein based on Lefty Rosenthal. And the mob bosses wanted a quiet job for him. Tell him to take another job. Food and beverage. Go somewhere else. We'll reassign him. He'll still run the show. We'll call him something else. That's what I think is happening here. Can't prove it, but that's what I think. There were a few examples. And watch Casino if you haven't seen it. Where he mentioned about some of what, now this was the tough part, some of what was said in the media about different timelines was outright confusion or whatever. I'm like, why did you know this? Mm -hmm. Um, But he's also kind of defensive, I guess, because it's been slings and arrows. And so I'm sure whatever he was referring to, the timelines that were off, I'm sure he's right about that. Who's he? Arthur Blank in the statement. Um, Is he right? The setup of the corporate structure, I'm sure he's right that it's not exactly the same as the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, maybe they don't host weddings at Heinz Field. But I'm sh- some of this was was accurate. And then there was the other 60%. And then there was the bigger picture that you were responding to all this, which means you heard and kept track of it. I uh, said to, to Nick and Chris during the crosstalk, and I met it, I'm so happy for Raheem. I am. This is a lifelong dream. He now gets to be the full-time guy back here. He gets his second shot. Not everybody gets a second shot, so I'm thrilled for him. I am concerned that he's coming into chaos. Just That's the bottom line. You can argue that all you want. That is a chaotic organization. They can get defensive. They can say the media is this and that. It's a chaotic organization. It is. We're, shuffling, I... we're shuffling front office pieces constantly. We're not putting our GM at the press conference. We're changing coaches every three years. Like there is a, it is a, it's a very rabbit-eared organization. And folks in Flowery Branch, I'm a fan. I, I like the organization, but I'm going to be honest. It's chaotic that he's. I hope he can settle the chaos down. There is a chance that if the Falcons had the first overall pick in 2008, they would have taken Chris Long or Jake Long. There's a chance that because they were three, they they couldn't screw that up because they didn't get the chance to. They got Matt Ryan by accident. I don't care how it turns out. 
Tell me who the quarterback is, and then let's roll. That's See, it. When I talk about chaos. What do you do with the pick and the money? That's all I care about. When I say Raheem has got to settle, try to settle the chaos down. It's the Deshaun Watson chaos. It's the, the, the internal uh, power struggle chaos. It's the, like, all the, like, I can go bullet point by bullet points. It's a pumping in crowd noise chaos. It's like, it's chaotic. It's a franchise that has to kill the chaos or whoever the head coach is going to have one hell of an uphill battle. That's your Falcon coaching search. I feel like we need to close. And that's officially the end of the Atlanta Falcons coaching search, at least until they decide to fire this one. No, now don't back say to two that. guys who have never been fired, at least in the last few years. Matt Chuck. That's true. I have not been fired now in 15 years. So I keep a, like a calendar rip off a day. Days since I've been last fired. So, yes, that's the good news there. All right, let's get a winging it idea. It's time to wing it. Presented by WNB Factory. Serving up Atlanta's best wings and burgers with over 60 locations. Find yours at WNBFactory.com. You'll send your winging it idea answers to the Harrah's Cherokee Casino's Twitter feed. So after Raheem, who's the next Morris that comes to mind? Who's the next Morris that you think about? I... For whatever reason, right away, think of Zach Morris. Saved by the bell. Uh, Morris Buttermaker. It's a great name. Think the audience knows who it is? Uh, they had two chances at it, didn't they? They did. Billy Bob Thornton and Walter Matthau. Correct. That would be a Bad News Bears reference. Because it was always Buttermaker. We never heard the first. Butter, absolutely. It's Morris yeah, Buttermaker. We didn't hear the first name all that much. DT, what you got on, on Morris's? I knew Chuck was going to steal mine, so we'll pivot to Morris Day and the mother effing time. Yes. Okay. Fish near my pantyhose. Big legs. Show through the floor. Keep going. Never mind. You're welcome, Cullen. Uh, Taquan Morris. Uh, I'm going to go with Morris Chestnut. He's beautiful, isn't he? Really is. Uh, Cullen Madden. Maury Povich. So you went from Morris? Is, is his actual name Morris Povich? Maurice. Okay. You're not playing by the rules. This is a clear game. You need a Morris. I didn't like this game. I couldn't think of anyone. How about Jack Morris? How about... Uh, uh, yeah. Morris the Cat? Fine. You, there's, a, there's all kinds of Morrises. Four-legged Morris works. All right. There's a lot of answers. Uh, after Raheem, who's your next Morris that comes to mind? You'll send that answer to the Who's the uh, Astros casinos. third baseman? Morris Innsberg? Was it? I remember the Reds first baseman, Hal Morris. Hal Morris, <laughs> a lot of singles, or was that Sean Casey? No, that was Hal Morris. Okay. Was a lot of singles. A lot of, yeah, a lot of Some going around in the National League in the 80s and 90s about Mark Grace. Yeah, exactly. A lot of singles. No doubt about it. You'll send yours to the Harris Cherokee Casino's Twitter feed. Uh, we'll have Josh Kendall join us from the Athletic Falcon Beat Writer in about 15 minutes. He's done a great job throughout all the search, kind of giving you some intel on what's happening around the building. We'll find out what he thinks about Ra, where the Falcons go from here. Has Rich McKay really been reassigned? We'll pick his brain about that. Coming up next, though, Raheem Morris's success with the Falcons. It will be defined by these two difficult choices. Either horrors or slums. I gotta, I, so when you do the thing with your mouth where you say the word, but you just say it out of the side of your mouth, we still understand. I'm not. Right. Yeah. But neither of those will be anything to do with the difficult choices for Raheem. I'll share the two, though, next. Chuck and Chernoff, thanks for hanging out with us on a Friday. Like 65 degrees today. Weren't we just like frigid and like nine degree? What's, what, what are we doing? We got to make a decision around here. What do we want to be? 
Do we want to be the city that is letting kids out of school because it's cold, or do we want to be 65 degrees in January? we got to choose. Yeah, then it's going to be 95. That seems a little extreme, but I guess anything's possible to me now. Chuck and Chernoff are on the radio. I'm Matt. That's Chuck. You guys are you guys. And I'm told to identify. If, if I didn't say you guys are you guys, you might not know. Uh, we're with you till 6 on the uh, fan on FM at 93.7. We're on AM at 680, the mighty app at 680. Uh, you can download that and listen at any time, anywhere. Uh, Josh Kendall, the esteemed beat writer for the Atlanta Falcons, covers it for the Athletic, will join us in less than 10 minutes to do all things coaching search. Was he surprised that not only Raheem was named the head coach, but yesterday? We'll ask him about uh, Rich McKay's future with the organization, Falcons offensive coordinator, talk all of that with uh, Kendall coming up. This hour of the program is presented by This Stuff Matters, helping you make the most out of what matters most. Like and subscribe to This Stuff Matters, the podcast at thisstuffmatters.net. So the two obvious places now that will define the chances of success for Ra will certainly be his offense coordinator hire and then finding the quarterback. Now, the first part is a lot easier. You go through an interview process, you introduce somebody, and we all go, okay, <laughs> there's a chance that could work. The rumors right away after Raheem was hired yesterday that it was going to be Zach Robinson, the Rams quarterback coach, pass game coordinator, but apparently Zach is a very popular interview. Ian Rappaport mentioned today Zach Robinson being requested to interview for the Bucks, being interviewed by the Saints, being interviewed in New England, the Steelers, the Raiders, so Zach Robinson's getting a lot of calls. Now, there's also several other names that are attached to potential offensive coordinators for Raheem. Now, the offensive coordinator will matter, Chuck. If they want to go Zach Robinson, they'll stay with a Sean McVay style of offense. If that's the case, Justin Fields might not be the fit for what they want to do. I don't know if Raheem wants that or not. Maybe he wants a different philosophy offensive coordinator-wise, and they'll go a different way. But the second part of this is what I wanted to talk about. And All throughout the coaching search, I heard this messaging over and over. And most recently, I read it from Jonathan Jones at CBS who tweeted earlier in the week, Atlanta's an appealing job with so many coaches believing they're just a quarterback away from being a a contender. Yeah, it's the hardest thing to find in all the sports. Like, I can argue there is nothing. If I looked in order of the most important things in sports and the hardest to find, the really good quarterback and the NBA superstar, and you can have a debate about which is harder to find, they're just a quarterback away. So are probably... 12 to 15 teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That w- one final piece needs to be a corner. But th- or that's one how, piece away, a pass rusher. But that's how Indy ends up starting Gardner Minshew or yeah. Jacoby Brissett. Or, I don't know, Seattle gives Geno Smith a shot and it works out and you just don't know why. I don't have an issue. Like, Raheem will build a culture, man. That guy's going to be awesome building culture, uh, having 53 dudes fight for him. Like, all that stuff, and that's not easy to have 53 big, strong, fast human beings fight for you. Raheem will do that without an issue. Where they find the quarterback, I'm a little perplexed right now. Can I give you an idea? Well, I would say this. I think more than ever, moving up in the draft, I think, is in play. Because at eight, you're not going to get a quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. Unless you're going to reach like reaching crazy, you're not getting a quarterback. So I think uh, moving in the draft is more open than it's ever been. Outside of that, Chuck, I'm open to all ideas because I'm looking at it, the landscape of quarterbacks, and I don't see one that's going to fit this. So Zach Robinson was with the Rams, and the idea is that he may follow him and become the OC. And basically, because he's not the OC for McBay, he'll be the OC for a defensive guy. Suddenly, Zach Robinson, it turns into his offense. Like, how much credit will you ever get if you're for that guy? I have no idea, Matt, what the compensation would be. I mean, none. Matt Stafford will be 36 this year. 
and then 37, and then 38. He's only owed 31, 27, and 26 million a season. Do you think the Rams would look at this as a this is a nice escape situation, whereas Raheem and his OC, you said Justin Fields ain't his kind of quarterback, so Matt Stafford is. I don't know if it's his style. I think the style that McVay wants to play. Yeah. Or in this case, Zach Robinson, McVay's system. Yeah, and so Matt Stafford would be. He would be. And so, again, I have no idea what the compensation of the Rams would be. There are times where it's a high-priced veteran and the team's like, really, you'll take him? Mm-hmm. Like, here you go, conditional pick. Um and then there are times that are like, no, screw that. He's going to be your starter at whatever position, especially QB. There's a ransom. I don't know, Matt. I look at it both sides. Um, tell, me, tell me, give me a, throw me a proposal, and then I'll tell you what I think. They, they want to first They'll start round. with eighth overall, and the Falcons will say, no, 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 okay. let's get realistic. All right. Uh, they'll probably settle on this year's three, next year's three, conditional that next year's three becomes a two with – 88% of the snaps. Okay. Doesn't matter what the hell he does, but if he stays in the game and takes whatever percentage, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Here's your problem. You know Hadley. Text Hadley. Here's your problem. What organization are you trying to trade with? Rams. What do they care about draft picks? Oh, they don't have a lot of currency. with they, 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 they're used, the, the Rams view a draft pick as something you spend to get a human. All right. Who's their head coach? McBay. Do we think he's a lifer? No, no, no. So no, I no, guess no. my whole point on this, Chuck, is he doesn't want to. But he may. They may be at a spot where they want to hit the reset button, but they look and say we have three years under contract. See, but I don't think McVay is going to want to do reset under his watch. I don't think McVay's a lifer. In other words, if this would have been a year ago and it looked like, well, he's got concussion problems and we don't know how healthy. Okay, maybe they listen. Stafford had a really good year. They did, and they built something with the find of Puka. The other weapons they have, they found a running back. Like, their offense is really good, and I don't think McVay's going to want to mess with that. I like your thinking because at least it's, it's something creative. I don't think they would do that because, A, a th- couple of thirds or a second doesn't help McVay try to win over the next couple of years. So what's plan B? All right, well, that was my creative idea for February. <laughs> That's, it's not even February, though. You're, you got in under the wire in January. Um, I want to lower the expectations. But it's better this. than what I have. I don't, like, again, I don't know. Maybe Justin will happen. I just I don't know that that's going to fit. I don't think the Kirk Cousins things fits the yeah, way it these, did. It's, there, there are some very large and concrete factors that have to kind of fall into place is when there you somebody, trade for a veteran quarterback. Is there somebody we're not thinking about? Like, that's not a sexy name that maybe I, I'd have to go back and start thinking about relationships. and different. Most of what we think about is, in the, like, Matt Stafford is not in a lot of conversation because it's kind of worked. You won the Super Bowl, and then he bounced back and had a hell of a season. All right, let me give we, you one. Most, most of the names that we think about and that we see conversation and folks on TV talk about mm-hmm. – are names of failed high draft picks that the team is now ready to move on from. This would be a risk because he hasn't given you a lot of body work. And it would be a risk because the team who would be trading him has a security blanket for the, the starting quarterback. Do you call the Bengals and see if you can get Jake Browning? Because what he showed you in his limited time, and I know the last game, I think there was some some turnover stuff, but he was really good. Like, would you give up a third-round pick? Can I ask you, is he A.J. McCarron from a few seasons ago no, after think, he splashed in the playoffs? I think his talent's much more than A.J. But do you remember McCarron uh, yeah, had a moment here like, whoa, wait a minute. I think Jake has a chance to, like, now the Bengals would say, Joe always gets hurt. So we we need a fallback, and why would we do that? But I'm just saying, I'm thinking that, you know, somebody's not on the radar that might fit. What, what if the new coach don't dig Sam Howell? I don't want Sam Howell. I don't either. I don't want that. Sam Howell, to me, feels a lot like a lot of numbers and a lot of mistakes. Right. I just I mean, again, I might be like, who am I to be this picky and choosy? There are not a ton of names. That's why I think Terry might take a big swing to move up. 
The question becomes, one and two are not going to trade out. The Bears are not trading out of Caleb Williams, and the uh, Commanders are not trading out of Drake May. Can you get to three? If New England's not set on taking a quarterback, but they play poker with you, would you trade up to three and say, Jaden Daniels, we're going all in there? Yeah, sure. I, I might agree with you because I don't know the options are better. If you anywhere. get the quarterback thing fixed, like really you find your guy, mm-hmm. I'll take Matt Ryan. doesn't even have to be that, but you find your 10-year starter, yep. it was worth whatever he paid. But those uh, are the two difficult choices, Raheem. The OC, obvious, easy. Figuring out the quarterback can be hard as hell. Yeah, horrify you just a little bit because, you know, it's Friday afternoons. So let's do that. Yeah. You know, Dez had more passing yards last year than Justin Fields. Yeah, that's funny. Like, now how many games did Fields miss? Um, I know Desmond missed games too. Yeah, Justin played 13 games. Justin was very uneven. I know we all we got crazy because we and saw him play us, and he had some good moments. Justin's still on. Un, he's uneven. Trade for Justin. I, it's it's one stat, and he had garbage at times, a lot of times around him, but still, he's just very uneven still. So I don't know. Again, there might not be a bunch of better options. We'll see how the. Off-season starts to come together. All right, with that in mind, let me bring in the uh, beat writer of the Atlanta Falcons, Josh Kendall, who did such a great job covering this story from beginning to end of the Falcon coaching search. He's kind enough to join us on the Hobson & Hobson Newsmaker line. Josh, we appreciate the time. How are you? Good. How are y'all? We are good. I did not uh, think we would speak to you this quickly after earlier in the week trying to connect some of the dots, but here we are, Raheem Morris, named the new head coach of the Falcons yesterday. Your level of surprise that it was Raheem and that it happened, I'm not going to say as quickly because it was a long search, but the timing of it coming yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Yeah, I, coming into the week, I was told that not to expect it this week. So I was a little surprised by the timing. I, you know, I was I was not planning on a busy Friday, but here we are. Um, not necessarily surprised that it's Raheem. You know, I think that he offers a nice, um, safe, maybe middle ground between the two experienced candidates of Belichick and Harbaugh on one end only one of whom Atlanta was probably seriously involved with. And then guys like Bobby Slowick, even Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, who are absolutely well-regarded, but complete unknowns in terms of a head coach. And while Raheem's head coaching experience has not been successful, I do think there's some value there. I do think the Falcons see some value there when you combine that with the fact that he's matured and and sort of grown his his base of experience since then. So do you think, and that's sort of the follow-up for you, uh, they interviewed Raheem after he was the interim, after the 20 season, in the 21 search that landed Arthur Smith. What did they not like about him then that all of a sudden they like about him today? I think that's, a, that's an interesting question for, for Arthur Blank when, whenever they sit down and discuss this hiring because I, I would like to know that answer, and I don't know it exactly right now. I will say this, Raheem Morris left that interview feeling like he got a fair shake. He didn't go away when Arthur Smith was hired thinking that he was only a Rooney Rule check-the-box interview. So, you know, while Raheem gets credit, everybody seems to like Raheem. I've never crossed paths with him. Everybody seems to like him. He didn't burn, burn, he's never burned any bridges anywhere, including when he left here. You know, Arthur Blank, et cetera, get some credit also for not burning that bridge. I mean, I think that Raheem left with a very positive um, impression of the Falcons. And, at, you know, so when he's out there again and he's a hot commodity, you know, he was more than happy to, to come back to Atlanta. Josh Kendall, who covers the Falcons for the Athletic, he's with us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. So, Josh, all the reporting throughout this 
18 day, which seems like 180 day search, was that, I mean, Bill Belichick, the coach, was Arthur Blank's first choice. The other stuff that came with Bill, that led to some obstacles that it sounded like they couldn't overcome. If you're guessing or maybe connecting dots, before they officially hired Raheem, do you think Arthur puts one more call into Bill and says, can you make it work kind of built around our structure now? Or does he make the hire of Raheem and just goes with his gut that Bill was not going to be movable on some of the things he wanted? I think he. I don't think there was one more call to to Bill Belichick. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. You know, when the history is written on on this whole thing, but it, it seems like, based on what I know and what I pieced together, that you know, after the second interview, you know, the Falcons were pretty clear on what Bill needed, and just became less and less sure they wanted to offer him all of that, and. So, you know, once once Raheem, you know, did his two interviews on which he did really, really well, they were just more comfortable overall with that setup. So let me ask you about your colleague, Diana Rossini, who I think has done some really good reporting on all of this throughout the search. She used the words, uh, there was internal persuasion to get Arthur Blank off of Bill Belichick and to essentially the decision on Raheem Morris. I mean, it's too easy to think it's just Rich McKay. There has to be more, but doesn't it feel like that's Rich at the beginning and the end of that? I think certainly Rich is part of that, but no, I don't think that that's just a Rich thing. I think that I think that Bill Belichick is something of a hand grenade in the middle of your building, and you don't know where all that shrapnel is going to go. And I think that there were lots of people in the building. I mean, I, I, at least I would I would hope. I mean, I've got a high regard for a lot of people in that building, and and they're smart people. And I think they understood that when that hand grenade dropped in the middle, who knows who's going to catch a, you know, catch a stray from that. Bill Belichick likes to and is used to controlling every part of the organization. So when he comes in, if he comes in and takes over, everybody starts to wonder. How does this affect me? Um, same thing I would wonder. Same thing you would wonder. Same thing I'll, everybody listening to our voices right now would think the same thing. It's a very, it's a very human reaction. I totally get it. So I understand those people, and I don't think it was just Rich McKay. If not, you know, actively campaigning against Belichick, trying to put their thumb on the scale in one way or another. So I, I'm cynical after working in this business when we get. Reports like, well, Rich McKay has now been moved out of football ops after we just yeah, made whatever. our latest hire, right? And we all do. So yeah. two things came to mind. He's not going to be at the presser now, so I don't think you or anybody else is going to be able to ask questions to him. That's just my gut. I could be wrong. And, and once you made the hire, like Rich's responsibilities, while still important, are not nearly as important. So I don't know. I, I'm sure the Falcons heard all the noise, both in NFL circles and from the fans, and they were reactionary in this case. But I just think the look of it's so obvious. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been told before that Rich McKay was not involved in day-to-day football operations, and then Rich McKay sat sat up there earlier this month and said, you know, he sat down with Arthur and Terry twice a week and conversed with them via text or call most every other day to keep tabs on on what things on how things were going. So now, Arthur, now those two positions are going to report to Arthur Blank. Arthur Blank's not sitting down with his head coach and general manager twice a week. Arthur Blank's not going to be on the phone with them, every, you know, every day. Those, you know, so you can you can show me the flow chart, you can show me your organizational chart, and say it looks like this now. In reality, I don't know that Rich McKay's role 
day-to-day role in this organization is going to change in any significant way. I completely agree. I think there's a lot of like, oh, titles have been moved, and yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. It's, oh, yeah. I got to, yeah, I got to believe it to see it. But all right, uh, go back to to Raheem. So right away, we saw that uh, the name Zach Robinson came up, who was the passing game coordinator to the Rams, could be on Raheem Morris's list for OC, but he's also drawing interest from four or five other teams. Uh, how quickly does Raheem have to act, not only in Robinson's case, his case, or some other names that maybe have been floated, have you heard, for the potential OC? No, that's the, that's the most solid name I've heard. I think you want to act fast on that guy because he does have a lot of attention. But I think that how fast overall does Raheem have to act? I think the fact that he touches a lot of different areas of the league, touches a lot of different coaching trees, has now been around for a while. He's got a wide pool of guys he can draw from. So I don't know that he has to go at breakneck speed to get his guys. I bet you they act fast on trying to at least get into the Zach Robinson conversation. But other than that, I, you know, I think that he can, you know, take his time. Take your time being a relative, you know, term in this scenario because, you know, the Senior Bowl is next week. Right. Draft value. I mean, you got to get this. You got to get this ball rolling. But I don't think he has to break his neck. I don't think he's desperate in that regard. Well, I would also think he already has a list of names in mind when you go in for interviews. So, you know, the, right. the process begins. A uh, couple of more minutes with Josh. conversations have already happened. Sure, right. Uh, Josh Kendall from The Athletic is with us. So now we start pivoting to the quarterback. And if it was going to be a veteran coach like Bill, we all thought free agent makes sense. Does this open up the other possibilities that in the draft at eight, moving up from eight, a trade for some younger quarterback. I know Justin Fields' name is going to pop up. Are all those avenues now explored? Yes. I don't think that I, – I doubt that Raheem Morris has a lane picked out in terms of where to go get his quarterback. There's no, like, obvious guy in his recent coaching history that you would think, you know, like if, like if the Rams had a backup who was just tailor-made and ready to go, maybe you like that guy. But there's there's not that guy available. I don't think that – Justin Fields is any more likely to come to Atlanta now than he was with Arthur Smith here. That's not the type of quarterback that we've seen in the McVay offense. So I don't expect Justin Fields to be here. But I think it's equally likely they find somebody, a a veteran free agent, and try to make something out of this eighth pick or even move up a little bit from that eighth pick. All right, last part of this. Does Raheem's hire change any of their timeline? In other words... You know, with a with a Belichick, we're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to try to win now. They're going to say we're going to try to win this year, I, I, and they're, they've built some pieces. Do they think they can plug in Raheem and we're going to try to be a playoff team, or are they back to a process of building long-term? No, I think that they're, I think that they're trying to plug and, and play. I think they're going to spend in free agency. I mean, I, I think that Arthur, Arthur Blank is, is, understands that he does, he's not going to own this team forever. And I think that one of the reasons you saw the Belichick thing get so much fire under it is he's gone from a guy who has, and should be given credit for, I think, really trying to make long-term foundational type decisions for this franchise to a guy who's probably thinking on a little more short-term scale. So I don't Mm -hmm. think they would have hired Raheem Morris or anybody thinking, okay, we're going to have to take two steps back now. It's going to be a fascinating press conference. Can't wait to see the Q&As and who's up there and how it's all going to play itself out. Josh has done a tremendous job covering this uh, story and the search for The Athletic, and we appreciate, Josh, you taking some time for us again today. We'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, guys. 
All right, coming up, we'll count down to a college football today. The Kings got one coming up next. What can we look forward to? Coaching carousel continues to spin, and in the ACC as well, only one direction for this power to go. All right, we'll talk about that power next. Fish Practically a close personal friend. Karaoke hour here on the fan with Chuck and Chernoff. Oh, 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 next hour, around 4.30. You know Chuck has a uh, proclivity to like to give you guys directions. If you don't cop Parkway, head north about 20 minutes, you dead end into a horse farm. Let's not do this. <laughs> We're going to try to guess where Chuck was going. Let's not. We're going to do that. For, I don't like when we do this. <laughs> for cash and prizes. We haven't done it. It's in a, a Friday, I and know. we've got championship games we do we got a falcon coaching search that is completed and raheem morris we got all kinds of stuff does not mean we can't get to m edgar at 68fan.com where is chuck going you can play along with us at 4 30 uh chuck and Chernoff are on the fan we're on fm at 93.7 on the uh, am at 680 and of course always on the 680 the fan mobile app now you want to have that app and the radio station cranked up because atlanta sports station and the locker room are sending five Lucky listeners to Sandals Duns River in Jamaica. Got that free trip to Jamaica, man. That's right, Buck. Tune into the locker room starting Monday morning to learn how you could find yourself in the Caribbean, experiencing those turquoise waters, unlimited dining, luxurious accommodations, compliments of Sandals Resorts. Your first chance to get entered to win one of our five trips in your spot on the beach happens at uh, Sandals Duns River in Jamaica Monday morning with the locker room. Chuck Oliver's college football today. Got to be the king. Yeah, if you hadn't seen the uh, headline, it's a big deal. Mario, for whatever he has gotten done down there at Miami in two years, one of them is he's gotten four four-star running backs from South Florida, like, I don't know, Fort Lauderdale and South. He's done it. <clears throat> um, and part of that is because of their running backs coach, a guy named Tim Harris, Tim Ice. Harris. That's a great nickname. When you're ice, you're good. You remember Trayon Harris? I do. That's his dad, uh, Brandon Harris, who played in the league for a while. Um, Tim Harris is their father. I don't want to say legendary. I mean, I don't know that because we don't live down there, but I know very accomplished high school coach down there, won a state championship, and then like a couple of them maybe um, at a Dade County high school. And so he's as legit and has all the connections possible. Well, as happens a lot, a really successful high school coach gets a shot to move up. And so Tim Harris started coaching college, and he's a running backs coach. And now this is the first thing we get into. There are a couple of positions on college staff where we look at and we say, um, that guy's there just to recruit. Well, Tim Harris was there to recruit at Miami and pretty good coach too, but he just got hired away because apparently Tim Harris really would like to coach more so that's why all that background and his connections and boy he can get the signatures and he's a running backs coach you know so he's not really coaching uh tim harris is like stop i i realize all of these things that you can put on my resume and say oh well he's just a recruiter he's like i would like to start me thinking uh start being thought of as more of a real coach and so now here is the rub to get an entry-level shot you have to go be oc and i say have to be for Gus, not at UCF, because that's a fine program. It's Orlando, big stadium, and you know all that other stuff. You're a OC for a guy who it's his offense. 
And at least there will be more game week prep and game day responsibilities. You're still, and maybe you are calling the plays. You're going to be calling what Gus's offense is. And so we all know how that works, but at least it's something. Running back and wide receiver coaches, those are the two positions we always look at and go, oh, well, you know, he does here because he can get signatures. Um, and we look at a guy like Tim Harris is the latest because he's like, I will go to UCF in not as good a conference program. I, money whatever but i I have some career ambitions and there's extra income eventually um he's a spouse he's got critters and he's got a bank balance and it goes up and down just like all kinds of people and i'm sure he wants to max out his opportunities while he can i'll give you another example del mcgee i don't know him Mm -hmm. i've talked to him two times ever did the cairo uh columbus uh, carver uh state championship game really good guy i thought in the moment then all these years later he's del mcgee People who do know Dell, who is what? He's the running backs coach, and um, he's the guy who gets a lot of signatures in Athens. Great recruiter. Pe- people who do know Dell say he's way happy in Athens for reasons like 1 through 26. Dell, and I don't mean this as a as any sort of slight, because, my gosh, in my professional life, I'd love to get here. Dell looked around. And he was like, F it, I'll take the money. Like, I'll take the 1, 1. 1.2, 1. 1.1. Do you know the name Vince Marrow? He's Kentucky's tight ends coach. They pay him 1.5 a year. Be a hell of a tight ends coach. No, he's their recruiting guy. And Mark Stoops, what do they do? They go get guys from Ohio State now. So Vince Marrow, here's a million and a half. That's Del McGee. And I've heard he is just happy as a lark in Athens being the running backs coach and winning and getting paid and living there and his family and all these real reasons. And some guys like Tim Harris is like, no, damn it, I want a real spot. Damian Craig, one of the reasons he bounced around, he was like, I want some real responsibilities, not to, oh, Damian, you know what he's he's here for. So Rodney Garner back in the day, same thing. And so that's what Tim Harris is like. I'll even go to a place where I'm not going to be the real guy just so I can start kind of pretending to be the guy. So I would ask this question, and it's a question. Tim Harris was at Miami. I think where you come from, like, that should matter. I don't know if Mario Cristobal's a good coach. I know he's a great recruiter. I agree with that. Mario wasn't good at FIU. He was good at Oregon, but they've taken a huge leap up since he's left. He's under 500 at Miami. So the only reason I bring it up, like, you're going to be judged sometimes from where you come from. Like, you mentioned uh, Dell. Like, I don't know if Dell wants to be a head coach or not, but he comes from the Kirby tree. Yeah. Always going to be given that bonus as opposed to, in this case, maybe getting away from Mario. He's like, All right, if let me, he wants it, by the way, let me carve out something here. I don't, it's more than this. I swear here, running backs, coach, protect the ball, work your legs. There you go. If you do those two things, you can be my running back all day long. Uh, now let's get to the recruiting part. I only simplify that to say it does sound like a pretty damn sweet life. I'm sure when you look at Del McGee's total compensation and the fact that he gets to live in that part of Georgia and that pace of life and everything else, and I'm the running backs coach at a place where you're going to win, 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 and we're not going to get left out of the playoffs ever again. Uh, All of this stuff has conspired, and again, I don't know him. I've asked 15 people, hey, when Del McGee going to get a job? And everybody's like, Del's really happy. Um, not everybody is. Damian Craig's one of those guys like, F this. I really want some responsibility. And so some guys make a move, and Tim Harris made his. Chuck Oliver's College Football Today on the College Football Voice of the South, the fan. Chuck Ice Oliver. Does that work? No. Like, that works. Not even a bit. That sounds. It might no. sound no. 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 Ice Oliver. You don't give yourself a nickname. He gave himself the king. I thought no, you did this. No. Oh, I did that. Yeah, I did that. It was me. Was not me. How do you forget you gave him the nickname? My memory is not great. Ice. 
So uh, I don't have a bunch of time here, but let me just mention to the audience and to, to Ice, if you have like an hour, you're going to need an hour, sit down and read the Vince McMahon lawsuit, but you better have a very like strong stomach. There's allegations of aberrant behavior in there. Oh, my God. I, I stopped reading. Yeah. I was There's about... Some- well, go ahead. I was about 50 pages in. I'm like, these are all allegations, but it's pretty detailed, disgusting, like horrible stuff. For those who don't know, Vince has been accused of sex trafficking, sexual assault, a uh, number of other things. Very Bro- depraved choices. Are the, uh, Brock Lesnar's name has been brought into this as the unnamed superstar that's mentioned in the lawsuit. Um, uh, John Laurinaitis, one member of the the executive branch of the WWE. And now, now Vince put a statement out to make it very clear that he denies everything going on. His quote was, this lawsuit is replete with lies, obscene made-up instances, never occurred, a vindictive distortion of the truth. But at the same time, TKO, remember that now oversees WWE and uh, uh, mixed martial arts. Why am I going blank? UFC, thank you. Uh, They put out a statement where they made it clear Vince McMahon does not control TKO, nor does he oversee day-to-day ops of the WWE. They have separated themselves from him. In the lawsuit, though, there are like three pages of texts that are just gruesome. These are texts that she claims that Vince sent to her, that she sent some stuff back to him. I mean, like, you can read all the texts. It's When you want to get behind the scenes to see all that, you've got it. Then you've got the transfer of money that he sent her as part of the NDA that she signed. It was supposed to be. That came from his account. So, like, he can deny all this other stuff. The paper trail is pretty thick here. Oh, there was some sort of very aggressive relationship, I'll say, and then there was some sort of money exchange. It was supposed you to read be this. Oh. the allegation is we agreed on three million. I only got so he, she a, got, a million. She, so he claims to her, my uh, advisors tell me we have to split up the payments to make it look not so obvious what's happening. So he gives her a million. Then he gives her ten grand to cover the a lawyer fee. She signs the NDA, doesn't get another dollar. So again, I don't know what's going to become of it, but this is. Like, there's stuff in here that's just filthy. Like, filthy, disgusting, depraved, just like sick stuff. I mean, how old is Vince, by the way? Oh, he's got to be 73. 78. 78. Oh, 78, okay. He's still this, like, interested? I, and I'm not, in, like, defending anything. I was like, wow, at 78, I feel like I'm going to be sitting on the couch just, you know, burping and farting and trying not to pee myself. Can buy a lot of uh, blue pills. With I guess so, man. I guess so. Big donor to East Carolina Athletics. Chuck just said donor. Donor. Big donor, yes. That might stop now, too. They might not accept that moving forward. All right, coming oh, up. Oh, wait a minute. Donor, really? You thought? Uh, what? I didn't know. I didn't know where you were going. Uh, coming up next, Ice says he saw a life rule work its way back into our college football lives. I'm talking about rules for witches. <laughs> no, they're different rules. He'll explain about those rules next. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps it $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air. 
deep center field and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.